May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. I want you all to take a moment and close your eyes if you're comfortable doing so. And think about a time when you felt close to God. Think about a time you knew that God was in control. A time you felt fully reliant on God's grace and love. Perhaps it was when you first heard the good news of the gospel. Perhaps it was when you started an exciting new job. Maybe it was when you took a leap of faith and made a bold life change because you just knew that God had something great or important in store for you. Maybe it was earlier this morning, or maybe it was years ago. For some, it may be a good time that comes to mind. For others, perhaps a difficult one. Maybe you can't bring a time like that to mind at all. The day that always comes first to my mind when thinking about being close to God is the day that we had our first ultrasound when I was pregnant with our youngest child, Levi. That day, my husband and I were told our son was likely to die before he was born. It was the most gut-wrenching day I can remember. It was also the day that I felt more connected to God than I'd ever felt before, and I know that my husband Tim remembers that day as vividly as I do. It was actually a very beautiful day in late June, and for some reason I remember the sun streaming through our windows all day. It felt disconnected that the weather was so beautiful on a day that felt so heavy for us. We came home from the hospital and we sat down together in our bedroom in that warm, bright sunlight and we spent the rest of the day in prayer because we didn't have a choice. If we didn't rely on God in that moment, we would have fallen apart. And that day launched us into several months of keen awareness of our total reliance on God for the next step. We had to keep our eyes on God, because one glance in another direction could have cost us our son, our marriage, or our faith. For those who don't know us well, rest assured, my son is now a large and healthy 11-year-old who is driving us completely nuts. But that's how it is sometimes, isn't it? There are times we feel close to God because the blessings in our lives are apparent to us. And there are times we feel close to God because we have no choice but to admit that the world is out of our control and we cannot navigate it alone. During that scary time when we still weren't sure if our son would make it or not, an old friend of mine asked her husband, Why them? Tim and Carissa are good people. They don't deserve this. And her husband simply said to her, who says it's about what anyone deserves? 
We are so conditioned in today's culture to think that we always get what we deserve, or perhaps the more appropriate word here is earn. If something good happens, it's because we worked hard and earned it. And if something bad happens, it's because we messed up and earned the consequence. Success is generally equated with good moral character, and being hard on your luck is often seen as being less wholesome or deserving. And actions certainly do have consequences. This is a lesson I spend much of my time trying to communicate to my children. That same robust 11-year-old son had to learn the hard way a few years ago that when you jump off your sister's dresser and try to fly like Buzz Lightyear by bouncing off the bed, the result is stitches. As they grow through their years at school, they learn that if you don't study, you will not do well on that test. Those are good lessons. We can't forget that there are consequences to our actions. The problem is that in a society that so highly values pulling oneself up by the bootstraps and earning our way to the top, we have to be careful that we're not subconsciously applying those economics to God. Our Western brains have trouble getting around the idea that God loves us no matter what, and sometimes blessings aren't what we expect. There's nothing we can do or not do to earn God's love. It's already been given in spite of everything else. Even if we know this academically, it's very hard to internalize the idea that we are loved without condition. Some of you, uh, even if you've known me for a while, may or may not know this, but I used to teach knitting and crochet professionally. It's a very strange career, I know, but I like to keep people guessing. Out of all of my students, the only ones I had who couldn't learn were the two, only two, who walked in and said, I can't do this before ever trying. Now, sometimes I would get students who were relearning after some years or who were just quick learners and they would pick it up lickety-split like it was nothing. But the most common were the tight knitters. I knew what was happening just by seeing the look on their face. They were concentrating so hard on what they were doing and on getting it just right that they would knit or crochet these teeny tiny little stitches that were so tight you could hear their needles squeak as they tried to press them through the sweaty little loops. They were knitting, sure, but it was painful. It was painful for them and it was painful for me to watch. These poor students would have to stop every row and shake out their hands from the cramps they were getting from holding on so tight. It was exhausting just to watch them. Meanwhile, just to make a point, I would walk around the classroom with a small bag of yarn slung over my shoulder knitting as I watched them and walked around and talked to them. And inevitably, partway through the class, a student would say, this is killing me, and there you are just walking around like it's nothing. And so I would say, stop trying so hard. I'd say, what? I'd say, you're thinking about it too much. Just knit. And ever so gradually, they would start to loosen up, and I could almost see the little light bulbs going on above their heads as it clicked. 
The trick to knitting and crochet, as with many art forms, is to stop trying so hard. You can't be creative when you're trying too hard to be perfect. Likewise, you cannot fully appreciate the love of God while you're still trying so hard to earn it. Stop trying so hard. If you are here tonight to earn God's good graces, knock it off. You have already been made righteous. You are already loved by God, and God will never stop loving you. Now go live like it. Don't worship just because it's your duty. Worship because God has offered for each of us far more than we could ever earn. Don't do good deeds because they'll get you brownie points with God. Do them because God loves the people around you as unconditionally as God loves you. We don't have to get all the steps to the dance right before we're allowed to dance with joy and praise. It's not about what we're doing. It's about who we're doing it for. We haven't earned anything because we can't. All we can do is respond in faith. We are freed up to be a joyful reflection of God in the world before we have it all together. To be blessed isn't just about individual success or earning anything from God. The joy and blessing that come from knowing you are unconditionally loved by God are contagious. And we can't help ourselves but to be the light to everyone we come across when we are living in that way. Jesus came to earth as a human being because God loves you, no matter what. Not the person you think you should be. Not even the person the world thinks you should be. God loves you. No ifs or buts. God loves you. Amen.